enjoyed it. It's been a good time together. And, uh, of course, next week we return for a communion Sunday as we do the first of the month. And know you'll be there for it as well and uh, glad to be a part of that. But thankful our choir and all the special music this month. I really enjoyed it. Also, as the last Sunday, you have to hear about the trail. I, for everybody who likes to hear it, there's somebody out there who's going, will he ever shut up on that subject? I know that. So we're going to make it in today. But you do have to put up with it today anyway. There are a couple of extra verses near the end of our passage I'd like to read to you, beginning at verse 14 of, of Psalm 91. The Lord says, I'll rescue those who love me. I'll protect those who trust my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I'll be with them in trouble. I'll rescue and honor them. I'll reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. I learned earlier this year that uh, verse 7 in our uh, passage here was a life verse for Ed Starling. His funeral was uh, earlier at his death. He was a, a veteran in the Korean War, and he fought in one of the most famous battles there in which uh, a smaller force of South Korean and American troops faced a large army of North Koreans and Chinese. And only a handful of soldiers came away, of American soldiers, came away from there uh, unwounded. And he was one of those. And one of his life verses was in that, Though a thousand be around me, ten thousand fall around me, their evil will not touch me. Those are powerful verses. Things that we know that God is there with us in that time when is the greatest, uh, how could we possibly make it? And he knew God was there. The theme, of course, is God is our refuge, or we may use the word a shelter to describe it. The definition is a place of safety, a place of peace in a world of conflict and confusion. Our world today, we, we even create refuges for animals. Uh, you'll find those not far from us, a place where uh, wild animals can live and you're not supposed to hunt them, even if they are numerous and they are a nuisance sometimes. They are safe because of where they are. And we understand in our developing age that's necessary to keep them. And you and I also need to have shelters. There are in Savannah and other cities at size often shelters for the homeless a place where they can go to be out of a dangerous uh, weather or a world around them, a place to be safe even if only for a few hours at a time. Out on the Appalachian Trail, there are a lot of shelters. Uh, there, Most of them, I'd say as much as 80% of very simple structures. Uh, there are three sides with a, generally a tin roof and a wooden floor in them. Most of them will sleep about eight people. That's most of them. And uh, some of them, they're usually uh, spaced out between 5, 10, and 15-mile intervals. That's about the pattern the average walker is going to take in a day, skipping that numbers of times. Uh, I did see the best one. I always know that. The very best one I ever saw was in North Carolina. It was about 100 yards from a ranger station. It's the only one on the entire trail that has a shower in it. Can you believe it? it really does. That's its own shower. It has a privy not far by, which also is very good, by the way, next to some other standards. But this particular one had uh, a shower built into it. And some of them are as large as they sleep 16 to 20 people with as much as three levels in them with picnic tables and coverings. And they're great structure. You might not even want to leave them. They're so good. And I've been in one structure once in a snowstorm built for eight. We had 18 people in it. 
And we still weren't warm. <laughs> because it's got one side open, you know, and you get into it. God is our refuge and strength. We stand in the shadow of the Almighty, the Scripture tells to us. It tells us in the verses, in times of disease or disaster or dangers, God is there to watch over us. He knows those around us and we are not alone facing it. We may be equipped in many other ways, but God wants us to know He is there to protect us and watch over us. During our uh, recent trip into the on the trail. Uh, one night, the storms were supposed to come, a change in, a welcome change in weather. As it had been being in the 90s, and after a front would pass through, the temperatures would drop about 15 degrees, so we were ready. But that morning, that evening, we were out of the trail and uh, had came to a road uh, where there was a nice stream of water and decided that's really where we wanted to stop. We didn't want to trek on up a mountain four more miles to the next shelter. Only it had a sign that said you couldn't stay within a quarter mile of the road. And a store about a tenth of a mile away, we walked to it and asked someone, is there a place we may could stay? You know, thinking they may let us stay in their backyard in our hammocks, and that would be fine. And they said, no, but right down there, there is a barn, and the man whose house, who owns his house across the road, and he sometimes lets people stay in it. So we, with a lot of encouragement, went down there and found him standing in his yard, talking to someone else, waiting our turn. His name was Daniel. We introduced ourselves, and he said, sure enough, you're welcome to come stay in it. And we did. Pitched our, hung our hammocks between the beams in the barn, and, and after we got there, we learned a little about hospitality, if you would. Because he said, you know, in about five minutes, I'm going to leave and go to the local swimming hole. It's down in town. There'll be other people there, and you're welcome to come with me. Well, you know, after you've been out smelly for a few days, that's not a bad idea. So sure enough, we went down to it and, and uh, spent time. About 30 to 40 people were there, all ages, uh, some sitting on the bank talking and just you know, having great conversation time at Barnard, Vermont. I'd like to visit that town again. About 800 people lived there. We saw about 40, you know, and it was a great time to not just be off a trail, but to find hospitable people who welcomed you. I think that's the kind of shelter that God provides to us, that we are not alone in it. We find it a welcoming of others. He's built us in that way. God is our refuge and our strength, Psalms 46 says. Uh, this past uh, winter, or actually early spring when I underwent surgery, uh, Dr. Horn was my neurosurgeon, did a great job, and if it had not, I wouldn't be here today speaking the way I am, but he did. But I'll tell you, as I ready for that surgery with the appropriate amount of anxiousness that comes with those, uh, I trusted he knew what he was doing and that those people working with him knew it as well. But most of all, I trust that God had his hand on his hand, and I believe he did. And that gave me the courage to go through it and the belief that however things turned out, that His hand was on me as it would be on us. I believe, though, when we talk about God as a shelter, and you read through all of this uh, passage, you find it doesn't promise that God will protect us entirely from everything in life, meaning that life will only be sweet and happy and comfortable. Instead, it's like a shelter is. A shelter is not a complete enclosed um, structure. It allows the wind to come in. Whatever the temperature is on the outside, it's on the inside of that too. And, and sometimes even the rain hard enough can blow into it. So it has some protection, but not from everything. And I believe that God's sheltering protection allows us to feel the hurt and pain of our world around us, but also lets us know that His hand is there to guide us too. He doesn't take it off from us. He is that kind of protection 
and promised one. It says in that first verse of Psalm 46, a very present help in time of trouble. You know, several ways we describe God in His timing. Often we talk about it as though God simply has a timer. And there's an end time going to happen. Books are written about it. The book of Revelation talks about it. And we, it's wound up somewhere and we're wondering how close it is to the end. And we talk about time as though all God is about is He is there waiting on the end to come so He can finally be finished with this experiment He has of mankind and the world He created. That's what we often talk about. But I believe even more important is that God has timing about Him. There's a sense that God knows when we are in trouble and God is there. God protects and watch over, watches over us, sometimes through each other. Recently, I had an opportunity to visit uh, a shut-in. And in the process of doing that, I found myself uh, listening to someone who had a confession to make. And you know, it was the right moment in time in that person's heart. I didn't have to ask a lot. All I had to do was listen a while. And, and it was a moment when opening a heart to God and a life where I am and where I need to be just flowed. And I felt like in that moment, what thing God had done is created the right timing. That moment when you could be there as one of His people in the world He loves so much. Timing is what God is good about, not just having a timer. And God is out here in our life. He knows that we need Him. John Wesley, when he was on his deathbed, had his final words. In fact, he said them twice. I'm not quite sure why he said them twice, whether it wasn't quite the end. So he said, I think I want to say it one more time. Make sure it's the last thing I say. But his final words were these. It was... Best of all, God is with us. Now, as a, as a, uh, a pastor for most of his life, uh, he had preached all the way up to age 88 years old. Uh, he didn't stop at some point to say, I've finally done enough, but all the way to the end, he had, best of all, God is with us. He knew that from his own experience, that God is not one who is tired, had enough, completed his task with us, but he is there. But in our text, it seems like such a promise that He would be with us in all the times of trouble. These things were not going to happen to us, it would seem, when we read this passage. But then you have to kind of put it in the setting of what we already know in the New Testament. Is that there are always times of struggle and suffering in anyone's life, and the Christian's life in particular, if we're going to be His representative in the world. Remind in Romans 8, 39, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. didn't say that things may not happen that are difficult, but he said it will not have the power to pull you away from the love of God. That is a sure and certain thing in your life and mine. The psalmist is trying to say that to us. He's our shelter. He's always going to be there. We know enough about the life of Jesus and the life of the apostle Paul to know that neither one of them avoided danger or difficulty uh, even at the, at the expense of their faith, they both were willing to make whatever sacrifice God desired of them. They knew that God would watch over them, that He had promised to do that. And God would do that. He, they would step in to whatever setting God had. Even those that were most difficult. Jesus did not uh, invoke on the cross, deliver me now God, but instead He stood there in that moment. He gave Himself up for us. He knew that God would love uh, him through that sacrifice, even from the cross that he finally there asked God that he would bring him into his kingdom. He is that way. 
Jesus' life, death, and resurrection demonstrate, first of all, His sense of self-denial. He wasn't just wanting God to protect Him, but God protect me as I am about what you want of me. I believe that's what we ask of God. and I think that's what the psalmist understood. Is as we're about His work, God has us in His shadow. Now, to be in someone's shadow means you're very near to them, doesn't it? Unless they're really tall or it's a time of day that they're really, the sun's right on the angle and you're way over here. But generally, if you stand in someone's shadow, you're right next to them. And we're in the shadow of the Almighty, it says. That's what God would have us to do. He has not wandered from us. And He would keep us close to Him at all times. And Jesus, as the Apostle Paul, were both people who humbly trusted God. When Satan tempted Jesus uh, before his public ministry began, he's looking out from the temple said, if you'll just throw yourself down, the scriptures say that God will protect you, that you will not strike your foot, saying you would not be injured. And Jesus said, you're not to put God to the test. Jesus didn't test God. Instead, he trusted God. You and our lives are called to trust in him. and know that in trust, he's the one that watches over us most of all. That's what he's like. But shelters are an interesting place to be. I tell folks that when you go to shelters, first of all, I don't like to use them on the trail. Not because they're not well built. A couple reasons. One's because sleeping on a hardwood floor just isn't very much fun. I never did enjoy that part of it. And something else, sir, it's not closed in. Therefore, whatever insects are around, they come visit you during the night. And in the summer, there are an abundance of mosquitoes that will chew on you. And there are the little four-letter critters that just come visit you through the night. They all walk around wherever you are hunting for something to eat, and they're just there. And they're in abundance, and you just know when you go to bed at night and go to sleep, you put your food bag away and just don't pay attention to what's happening around you. That's just the way you do it, okay? So shelter is not always as clean and nice as it sounds, but it provides a protection. And out of that protection, God watches over us. It was the eighth night we're out on the trail, and it was the second time we had forecasts of bad weather. In that particular uh, place we're staying, there was actually a caretaker. Only two sites uh, during this time had someone there, and you had to pay $5 too, by the way. But there, the lady told us, the shelter doesn't have many people in it, and you should be safe in that. And we said, nah, I want to I wanna get out in my hammock. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do well. I'll do fine. Well, I want you to know that night, they say, there are going to be severe thunderstorms and high winds. Well, at the point she said that, there was no clouds in the sky. So we thought, she's a liar. No, no, I know, she, I know she's telling the truth. That's what it says the forecast is going to be. But we couldn't really possibly imagine, given the weather. I mean, you look out, it's sunshiny, comfortable. Couldn't imagine that night there'd be much of any kind of real bad weather. So we kind of took some precautions. We hung out our hammocks and took our extra stuff, the gear, and put it in the shelter. Okay, so if something did happen, that part of what we had would stay dry. And we got in our hammocks at the right time and went to sleep, and it was nice until midnight. And, and I thought I was at least going to be a little precautious, and it was very warm, so I took my sleeping bag and never unpacked it. I just put it up on top of me, and I went to sleep. I said, if it rains, it won't get wet. Well, midnight came, and there's the first storm. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff and, and lightning and all the things that you'd expect with it and it passed and I wasn't wet. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. That was good. Well, about 1.30, here comes another one. Same scenario. It comes through here. I'm still sleeping back on top of me and it's getting a little cooler after a couple of storms. Same scenario and goes through and I'm dry. Ooh, thank you, Lord. 
By that time, it's gotten cooler. I think, you know, this is a really nice hammock. It keeps you dry. So I climbed in my sleeping bag, came along, storms number three, four, and five. And by the time the third and fourth one got there, I was laying in a puddle of water. And I learned that my sleeping bag actually does, for you hikers and campers know, retains its R value even when it's wet. That means it still keeps you somewhat warm, so you're not real cold, though being wet is not much fun. And I thought to myself, the dumbest thing I just did. There's a shelter about 100 feet from where I am right now. I could be in it just as dry as could be, but oh no. I have to be smarter than that and hang my hammock out in the nice woods and not pay attention to the forecast at all. I thought about life. How often the shelter is there and we choose to set up our camp somewhere else. Sure that, you know, in this kind of circumstance, it's easy. I, there's no real danger. Can't see it. No matter what they say, it just doesn't, doesn't appear to be there. And we end up being soaked or worse because we miss it. You know, this is the only one of the Psalms that's written for a particular day, day of the week. The only Psalm that's written for a particular day to be used. And by the way, it's written for the Sabbath day, the day of worship. Maybe you're saying to us, when you're sitting in a place like this, for the Israelite, it would be in the synagogue or a temple for us that's in the church and remind ourselves that we are in the shelter of the Almighty. I can believe the church is one of those shelters. It's a place where people often come when they are struggling, and even in the middle of the week, they may come in and want to be here and pray and feel a closeness to Him in this place. And God wants to reassure us, yes, you're right now standing in His shadow. And when you get up from this place and ready to go, His shadow will go with you where you are. He is there to protect and watch over us. Shelter is a wonderful thing. And God is that kind of shelter for you and me. But you have to be smart enough to use them, unlike some people are at times, when we think we know better. And the shelter of God. I thought to myself, maybe you've been through a storm lately and gotten yourself wet, hurt, and if you're just taking advantage of the shelter, that you would have been better. Maybe today, this morning, you need to know that shelter is here for you often give you a chance to pray, sometimes at the altar, and you can use that always, anytime, whether I say it or not, at the end of a sermon. You can come and pray here. I'm not sure you're any closer to God here, but it feels like it, doesn't it, at times? The altar makes you feel that way, and if it does, I certainly invite you to use it. If it felt like God's shadow has been farther from you than it needed to be. Knowing that we moved away, not Him. It's a great time to ask Him to be near. Maybe you're going through one of those struggles. I can't help but believe that that's always true for someone present in worship. That there is a storm brewing in your life. Storms are sometimes physical, you know, like the weather. Uh, sometimes they're much different from that. They can be relationships or dangers or anxiousness or disease and other things the psalmist writes about. And you're wondering, is there shelter for me? And I want you to know this altar, this place is built for shelter. It's something we know He's here with us. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank You that the shelter You offer doesn't remain in one place, but You go with us in many places. We thank You that we can find companionship there. We can discover what Your love is like often in community there.
We believe and trust in You that You watch over us no matter what else happens. That there's a timing about life that shows Your presence. That You do not wander from us. You certainly go after us. Open us to that presence here and now. Jesus, we pray. Amen.